On this episode of Every Family's Got One, embarrassing moments featuring us. That's right, Every Family's Got One host, founder, magnetic personality, person, and laundry folder, Barbara Harold. My mind starts racing. Am I going to hell? What the fuck just happened? And Every Family's Got One producer, host, comedic genius, food preparer, and foot massager, which sounds terribly unhygienic, uh, Tony Menudo. Nothing like a vat of vodka on an empty stomach to get you ready for dinner. Thank you. Oh, nothing embarrassing about that opening. Hello, I'm Barbara Harrell. And I'm Tony Menudo, and welcome to Every Family's Got One. The podcast that brings you amazing true stories about family. Well, today it is all about embarrassing moments, or should I say our embarrassing moments. <laughs> you can. I'm blushing already. <laughs> and also in this episode, we'll be announcing our meat and cheese giveaway winner. <laughs> this could not be more exciting. <laughs> this is no dream. This is really happening. And here's what else is really happening. A story about a confession that goes terribly wrong. Ooh, tell me more. <laughs> well, it's told by a storyteller who began her career writing and performing with Gotham City Improv and NBC's live-on-tape sketch comedy group. Mm -hmm. She was a co-producer and storyteller for Listen to Your Mother NYC, and her words can be found in oodles of places. Oodles? Oodles. Those are <laughs> only Swedish places, including Scary Mommy and Motherland. Oh, she sounds fascinating. Well, she does, because that's you. And there's only one word for her. Here's Barbara Harrell with The Confession. Oh, that's the word for her. I, I screwed that up. I grew up Catholic. We weren't Catholic Catholic. We were what you called Catholic light. We didn't pray before dinner. We ended Lent earlier than we were supposed to. And we only went to Catholic Mass twice a year on Easter and Christmas. Which meant we had to go to confession twice a year, too, because it was important to my mother that we received Holy Communion from the priest during the church service. For all you non-Christians, Holy Communion, that little wafer, is the body of Christ. And before you could eat him, it you had to be absolved of your sins. Ugh, confession. I hated confession. I never knew what to say. Was I really going to confess I had impure thoughts about Danny Casciata? No. Or tell the priest I said the word fuck? Oh, my God. No. Confession. Fucking confession. It's not only in a church. It's in a special box in a church. It's a church within a church, and it's very holy in there. And it's all very embarrassing. So... I came up with a very concise confession. I fought with my brothers, I said curse words, and I was disrespectful to my parents. And that was it. Until my Jewish uncle asked my mom about confession. He was very curious about what happened in there. One of the things my mom confessed was that she only went to church on Easter and Christmas. Uh, this was a sin to her because you really needed to go to church every Sunday, not just on the holidays. I thought I could add this to my confession. It was something real that wasn't going to mortify me. I mean, this was a good sin. So Easter was coming up, and off I went to confession with my mom. When it was my turn, I parted the heavy crimson curtain of the confessional box and went inside. 
I knelt down on the padded kneeler facing the wooden window, waiting for it to slide open to reveal through a graded metal screen, Father Cahill. Forgive me, Father, for I have sinned. It's been six months since my last confession. I fought with my brothers. I said curse words. I was disrespectful to my parents. And I only go to church on Easter and Christmas. I waited for my absolution. Then Father Cahill says, Let me get this straight. You only go to church twice a year? Yes, on Easter and Christmas. Well... I can't absolve your sins. What? And my heart begins to pound. Then he tells me again, I can't absolve your sins. You're making up your own religion. My mind starts racing. Am I going to hell? What the fuck just happened? Then Father Cahill closes the wooden panel in my face. I was stunned. And then, I, I still can't believe I said this. I said, well... I don't need you to talk to God anyway. I'll talk to him myself. And then I started sobbing loudly and ran out of the confessional. I tried to keep my head down, but I know everyone was staring at me. Then my mom grabs me by the arm. What did you say in there? That I only go to church on Easter and Christmas and he wouldn't absolve my sins. What else did you say in there? Nothing. That's it. My mother shifts into hyperdrive. She's got to fix this. She says, stay here. And she was off. And then she was back with the death grip on the arm of Father Vinny, the church's young hip priest. Tell Father Vinny what happened. So I tell him about my confession. The fighting, the curse words, the not respecting my parents, and the only going to church on Easter and Christmas. Then Father Vinny looks at me very thoughtfully and asks, what else did you say in there? After swearing up and down that that was the only thing I said, Father Finney tells me, Well, sometimes the older priests get cranky that you kids don't come to church regularly. Yeah, no kidding. But I felt so relieved. I mean, Father Finney believed me. And since I just confessed to him, I bet he'll absolve my sins. I can't absolve your sins, Barbara. You need to go back and talk to Father Cahill. He's the only one who can do it. I go back to the box. Uh, hi, it's me again. Who? Of course, he doesn't remember me. You know, the girl who only went to church on Easter and Christmas and you wouldn't absolve my sins because I was making up my own religion? Oh, yes. Then he explains... I understand it's hard, but you can't do what's easy when it comes to being a Catholic. Then he gives me absolution and the longest penance I ever had. After that, my days as a practicing Catholic were pretty much done. Eventually, I even stopped going to Eastern Christmas services because I knew Father Cahill had been right about me. I was making up my own religion. And... I'm still making it up to this day. I don't know. I, I really like the idea of practicing a religion that's easy, where there are no boxes, no priests dispensing or not dispensing absolution, just nice people with good values, like the ones my family taught me. And I'm at peace with that. Oh, yeah.
here's another confession. I love meat and cheese. Who doesn't? The best of Hickory Farms comes together in a timeless gift of tasty beef, summer sausage, <laughs> and farmhouse cheddar. Cheddar. Since this is the end of season one of the Every Family's Got One podcast, it's time to select our Hickory Farms meat and cheese winner. <laughs> now, all of our meat and cheese entries have been added to our genuine glass fishbowl. Now, I'm gonna give it a final mix. Ready? Yeah. And the winner is. Megan R. Megan R. is our winner. Congratulations. We hope you enjoy your Hickory Farms hearty meat log and tangy cheese wedge. <laughs> well, that was fun. It mm. is fun. Now let's eat mm. the leftovers. <laughs> Next up, a most embarrassing moment from our own Tony Menudo. Oh, he's great. Oh, my goodness. Tony's comedy credits include NBC's Live on Tape, HBO's Sketchpad, and he spent 10 terrifying years with Gus. With Gosling City I, I was. I was with Goslings <laughs> in the wild. <laughs> and also Gotham City Improv. Yes. And um, Tony, you know, also makes people buy things they don't need at his comedy-focused ad agency, Wordsworth and Booth. Interesting. Mm. Now here's Tony with his story, talking to strangers. Okay, so my parents loved talking to strangers, like randomly in a store or online at the bank or at one of those communal tables at a Japanese restaurant, you know, uh, the hibachi place. You're going to get shrimp. We love shrimp. Hi. Oh, hey, you have beautiful eyes. Anthony, don't you think her eyes are beautiful? Uh, yeah, mom. Somehow they felt it was their job to make sure there were no awkward moments of silence or any moments of silence, even on short elevator rides, I'd watch them search for something to say. And it was always crazy talk, my mom complimenting someone's eyebrows, or my dad talking about the great smell of the building. As a teenager, being around my parents during these moments was beyond awkward. It was, what's the word for wanting to kill yourself in an elevator? My parents' hobby of talking to strangers went to a completely new level one summer night in 1981. I was 19, home from college, so the three of us went to Casa Maria, an always crowded Mexican restaurant. The restaurant used to be a catering hall, but the only remnant of the old place was a large dance floor in the middle of the cantina area, a shiny wooden rectangle filled with big club chairs on wheels. The chairs were too big for the space, and they rolled around as you reached for your tortilla chips. It was like sitting in bumper cars in a hotel lobby on a bowling alley with a mariachi band playing. But it was a fine place to wait for 20 minutes until your table was ready in the dining room. My father chatted up everyone, the hostess, each mariachi band member, the busboy who brought our water, and the young Latina server who took our drink orders. He complimented her beautiful skin, staring at it until it became uncomfortable, and then ordered a martini in a Mexican restaurant which was served in a margarita glass. Nothing like a vat of vodka on an empty stomach to get you ready for dinner. I could tell the first one hit him pretty good. 
like a tiny pinata bat to his head. I could tell because he was throwing around the word phenomenal. This restaurant does a phenomenal business. This guy plays phenomenal guitar. Our waitress is phenomenal. After the second martini, everything was even more phenomenal, except for something behind him. I had noticed my dad glancing over his shoulder from time to time at a table of four people, a mom, dad, their 17-year-old daughter, and her new boyfriend. Even from the back, I could tell that the boyfriend was nervous. He was super polite, he had gotten dressed up, and he was wearing a tweed jacket in June in a casual Mexican restaurant. An hour had passed, and our table was still not ready. The waitress with the skin thought it was a good idea to bring a third martini to the happy red-faced man sitting at my table. My dad glanced back at the meet-the-parents table again. What was going on? Oh, I know, he's dying to talk to them. Hey, first time meeting the parents, huh? You like shrimp? We love shrimp. I'm going to get that blah, 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 blah. But that's not what he said. What my dad did was turn back to us and say, This guy's being a jerk. My mom and I were stunned. What the hell? Where did this come from? He repeated it again, this time louder, and stabbing his thumb behind him at the boyfriend. This guy's being a jerk. He keeps hitting his chair into me on purpose. I whispered, Dad, it's the weird chairs. He's not doing it on purpose. My mom tried to help. Hun, you're drunk. He swung his head at her like Jackie Gleason. Oh, yeah? Well, at least I'm not a jerk. That didn't work. Then she tried. Hey, hon, please quiet down. Okay, he said. Then he locked his mouth with an imaginary key and threw it away with a big gesture. I'd never seen anyone do this before, and I followed the fake key across the room. Wait, what was that? What did he throw? Oh, (laughs) nothing. Right. But at least now he was quiet until his chair got hit again. And this time he stood up, wheeled around and loomed over their table, pointing a thick finger at each of them, one at a time. You're nice. You're nice. You're nice. You're a jerk. And then he sat down, relocked his mouth with another fake key and threw it away. The cantina area was quiet. The meet the parents table was in shock. Okay, that's an understatement. The action by my father was so out of the blue, it was as if a kangaroo had appeared at their table, took a shit, and disappeared. I apologized to them with a strange gesture and mouthed the word, Sorry! And they nodded, slowly started eating their chips again, but keeping a close eye on the wild animal at my table. If the boyfriend was nervous before, I couldn't imagine how much sweat was trapped under that tweed jacket now. Things went back to normal-ish. Finally, after almost an hour and a half, our table was ready. We got up, steered my dad through the cantina, bouncing off 20 club chairs, and found our table in the dining room. We ordered something absorbative for him, which he ate in silence, and... I think maybe without silverware. No dessert. We just all quietly went home. You know, I never saw him behave that way before or after ever again. And if anything, that crazy moment just reinforced what a nice guy he was 99.9% of the time. A few years ago, my dad passed away peacefully in front of the TV. And I miss him. 
He was always kind and supportive and funny. He was really a nice guy. Ask anyone. Except maybe some guy in New Jersey with a tweed jacket hanging in the back of his closet. Yeah, but that guy is a jerk. Season one is in the can, as they say in the podcast biz. The biz of pod. <laughs> Many thanks to our season one storytellers and to you, our family of listeners. We're gearing up for season two mm-hmm. and beyond yeah. of the Every Family's Got One podcast. So important if you or your someone you know has a family story, send it. Uh, send it to us. We'd love an audio file of you telling it five to six minute story mm-hmm. and you put story in the subject line and then email us at every family's got one at gmail.com every family's got one is produced by us barbara harrell and tony menudo special thanks to alex clark for our charming theme music our talented audio engineer paul weiss Special thanks to Wordsworth and Booth. Mike Stafford for legal and production assistance. Our good friend, professional golfer Tom Bell. (laughs) Catering by Hickory Farms, which is not an official sponsor, but we sure do love them. Subscribe to Every Family's Got One wherever you listen to podcasts. And and follow Every Every Family's Family's Got Got One on on Facebook and Instagram. Instagram. Or on our website at everyfamiliesgotone.com. See See you you soon. soon. Love me.